Are you looking for something different to entertain your kids? Check out a new podcast for children. Mysteries About True Histories, affectionately known as M-A-T-H, is a weekly show full of time travel puzzles, hidden equations, history, and lots of laughs. Math is geared towards kids six and up, but can be enjoyed by the entire family. I love how the episodes are under 20 minutes, which was perfect for our drive to school. And my four-year-old really loved the episode, The Pirate Queen. Every episode follows two best friends, Max and Molly, who work together to solve riddles and math equations during their time-traveling adventures. Episodes transport listeners to moments in history like Pythagoras's ancient Greece, the era of the Aztecs, Sir Isaac Newton's England, and so much more. New episodes drop every Thursday, and I love how engaging, funny, and educational the episodes are. Your kids won't even realize they're learning about math and problem solving. My son even said he wanted to finish the episode on our drive home from school. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Right now, I'm in a situation where my child is yelling in the car. What am I going to do about it? I have to really accept the reality, like I said earlier, that this is what it is. My child is yelling in the car and I have two ways of controlling it now. I can either get upset with him or I can be the calm and say, okay, you're upset. I can't control anything right now because I'm driving a car, but we are going to get through this. Maybe it's music. Maybe we turn it on to just add some energy. Maybe that music is making me more stimulated and it's not helping me right now. And so I'll turn it off and just sit in silence in my brain, obviously while that kid is yelling. And that is like the true test of getting to a level of like tolerating this when you're able to just sit in a quiet car while your child's yelling and say, I'm going to get home. I got to get home safe. I'm going to drive this car. We're going to get home. We're going to get out. We're going to stretch our legs. We're going to give a big hug. You know, if they're having a meltdown, just show some physical connection. And it really can help sort of get through these moments. Welcome back to Monday Mornings with Dr. Mona. This series is where I get to chat with parents in the Peds Doc Talk community. And in this series for this season, I'm doing things slightly different. I'm going to be inviting parents to come on to chat with me directly about concerns they have about parenting, development, mindset, whatever it may be. But I'm also going to be answering questions for people who do not want to come on the show, but do have some really great questions. So if you want to be involved in any way, have a question for me, make sure you sign up for my newsletter, which is how you stay up to date on all of the things I do at Pete's Doc Talk. And also when I ask parents to come on the show or if you have any questions. On this episode, I am talking with a mom, Christina, about that frustration when your children are just really loud and overstimulating. Make sure you listen to our entire conversation, including the end where I wrap up the conversation with three parenting principles or overall mindset principles to approach those loud moments with your children. Hello, Christina. Thank you for joining me on the show today. So tell me what is on your mind today as a mom? Hey, thanks for having me. I am just overwhelmed with the loudness in my house with all of my kids and what I can do (laughs) to help manage that. Oh, yes. And how many children do you have? I have three. I have two-year-old twin boys and a five-year-old. 
And I'd like to say that, you know, oh yeah, the age is there that they're going to be more loud. But I feel like any time you add any number of children, whether they are, you know, two, five-year-old or teenagers, maybe not teenagers, teenagers are more quiet and reserved, but maybe like your, you know, young school age, definitely, definitely loud. And you have one child already, it's going to be loud, but three total, totally understand the overstimulation that you're experiencing. What has been the, I guess, hardest, or let's use the word frustrating aspect of this issue? It just gets so loud that Mm -hmm. I cannot hear myself think. And my husband and I only have so much time together and we can't even have a conversation. It's so loud. I hear this. Okay. So one thing I want to remind any of our listeners today, I did record an episode with a um, Dr. Cassidy, who's one of my favorite accounts on social media about overstimulation. It's episode 132. It was back in August of 2022. Really encourage you all to listen to that episode because I'm not going to go into as deep detail as we did on that episode, but it really is useful on why overstimulation, which is what we're talking about here, is so triggering and exhausting. I mean, I've been there. And then, like I said, you're just trying to have an adult conversation. You're just trying to think your own thoughts. And there's just three people, loud children, right? Talking, yelling, screaming, singing, whatever it is, even if it's joyous, right? And then you add in if they're having a tantrum, I mean, forget it. It's like emotions in parenting are wild. And I'm sure you can agree with that. Yes. Yeah. So In these situations, let's maybe think of a last situation that this happened so we can kind of get into a scenario, which I'm sure we'll all relate to, where you felt this, where you felt like they were really loud and you felt overwhelmed. um, And just it could be a very simple situation the last time it happened. I mean, just even last night, dinner, sitting at dinner, they were giggling, they were laughing, they were having fun, they were talking to each other, which I like to hear, but I couldn't even get one's attention just to say, Hey, calm down a little bit. It's getting way too loud in here. Yeah. And especially around when all of them are together, are the two, you have two-year-old twins, right? Yes. Are they um, in school? No. Or daycare or anything, but I'm sure is a five-year-old yet or not yet? She is. Yep. She's in kindergarten this year. So everyone, all the kids are together at the dinner table and it's just a very exciting time. Um, You know, you're describing a very common situation and I'm happy that you did say the scenario because I'm sure all of us listening can relate to that loud end of day um, when you're just so tired by the end of the day where all of that stimulation from the day is now adding up where I use the term witching hour. Like we all, even as parents, we're just over it. Like we're just tired, fatigued. You just want to have a quiet meal sometimes and you just can't because there's a bunch of children. So the first thing we have to kind of remember is realizing just where we are at and kind of accepting the reality for what it is that, okay, it's dinner time. They're going to be loud. I can try some of the strategies we'll talk about, but I have to also accept that, okay, this is just how it is with these kids. And I have to kind of accept that this is what it's going to be, but how can I sort of channel that sort of calm and peace? And I've been there where I'm literally listening. You mentioned that you're trying to talk to your husband about something simple, and then maybe the children, do they interrupt you or they're just talking so loud that you can't even hear what your husband is saying? It's a little bit of both. They will be off playing and you just, it's too loud. You can't hear over anything. And then all of a sudden they're interrupting and then they're back to loud and then the tantrums come and it's just everything all in one. Yeah. I think one of the biggest things for this sort of loudness, um, and it doesn't always mean that this is the reason, but one of the big things I always like to say is I'm speaking loud on this podcast, but I'm actually a very loud person as it is like by nature, I speak very loud. I'm very animated. Um, and in some degree it's really cool, right? Because it's fun. Like I'm animated, I'm fun, but, um, 
it's kind of what Ryan also learns too, to speak with that same volume. So one of the biggest tips I have is just kind of modeling behavior. So like teaching by example. So not using very loud voices in the house or other places that you don't want your child to be so loud. This is not an instantaneous thing. You're not going to do this. And then all of a sudden they're going to be like, oh, I got to be quiet. But almost like bringing down the volume more and more, like, um, you know, when they go high, you go low is like the phrase that has nothing to do with this, but just kind of a good description of like really sort of bringing down the volume versus I get when they're yelling and it's loud, we want to yell back because we feel like we can't be heard, but it's almost like just saying, Hey, we're being really loud and just bringing down your voice to a very low tone and bringing down that energy vibe, like the big excitement energy. I don't know. Do you or your husband, are you generally loud animated people or not really? Yes, I am. But extremely. I remember my parents always telling me when I was in school, like like describe this exact thing to them. They're like, well, welcome to what we went to. And I'm like, really? Like, how? Yeah. That? And I'm not saying, and like I said from the beginning, I'm not saying that this is the reason why your children are loud. Children um, are loud. Okay. Like children are loud, even if they have parents who are more lower volume speaking and that's fine, but it adds to it, right? Because they get that energy. And I relate to that because I also am a very loud person. I speak just very loud. And my husband's always like, why are you talking so loud? Like I like I'm recording this podcast and I'm sure he can hear me down the stairs. Like I speak very loudly. And so really it's really modeling that behavior and teaching by example. And that's going to take a lot of work on my end and your end, but it's doable of really trying to remember when you're getting not even just when they're loud in general, right? Like when you're talking right. to your husband, like, and you are speaking to him and it is quiet, right? Like just say they are playing. There's a moment. Are you speaking very loudly? What is your tone of voice? Really, really getting some insight into how we are speaking in the home, right? Do we shout a lot? And it's not, I'm not saying like anger. I'm talking just the volume of our voice. Like when we just naturally are speaking, are we shouting? Are we just speaking at a normal speaking volume? Because that is something that they're also really going to pick up on. And I, again, resonate so deeply with you because I am the loud one in the couple. Um, My husband is more of the softer spoken. When I say that, just like the volume he speaks with is very almost like a dinner volume, right? Like at a restaurant where I am like speaking, like I'm at a party. Like, and I think maybe you can relate to that. Yeah. So you want to really, again, both caregivers, this is a lot of work on our end to kind of really have that insight, but trying to start now speaking at a normal, you're at a restaurant volume. And I get it that it's going to feel like, well, then they're not going to hear me. I'm just talking about the normal speaking volume we have in our house. Of course, you're going to then do something, which is a really cool strategy of getting loud on purpose. I'm sure you've heard this. This is very common and it's like a game that you're playing, right? Um, yeah. So like when it is time to get really loud, you know, like we're going to say, okay, we're going to turn on some music. And when we turn on the music, we're going to dance and we're going to sing and we're going to get really, really loud. And then we're going to also practice getting really, really quiet, right? Um, so with kids, especially of this age, you know, you're not going to really be able to do this with like a teenager because they're going to be like, mom, what are you doing? But these young kids that are really into games really trying to get loud on purpose, but then also saying, we're going to do a whispering game. We're going to be very, very quiet. And we're going to teach, you know, you're going to basically teach them about the whispering and how this is pretty cool. And you're reinforcing that. Right. Um, And it's going to be something really like really fun. You're going to be like, okay, now let's all practice getting really, really loud. Like get really, really loud. And let's all get really, really quiet. Who can be the most quiet? Oh, I don't think you're going to be the most quiet. And then you use a little bit of reverse psychology. Mm -hmm. Are you going to be quiet or is it going to be your sister? 
oh, who's going to be the most quiet? And it's going to be, you know, they may start giggling, but you're kind of making this that, hey, it's okay to be loud at certain times in our house, but then we're also going to practice being really, really quiet. And another thing I would, um, I don't know if you ever get to the point where sometimes you're trying to tell them, hey, let's use softer voices or anything like that. Some terminology that you can use and help them learn is instead of saying indoor or outdoor voices, um, sometimes we tend to say that, right? Like, hey, it's it, you're, we're being too loud, time to use our indoor voices. That's actually confusing because sometimes we can be loud indoors and sometimes we can be quiet outdoors, right? So instead we're right. going to say, we're going to be quiet or, you know, we're going to use quiet and loud voices, right? Rather than saying indoor, outdoor, because I see a lot of parents do that in my office. They'll say, hey, we have to use indoor voices. Children don't understand that because like there's going to be confusing times for them where they're going to be at a concert and they're going to be able to yell and that's indoors, or they're going to be outdoors at a park and there's some sort of service happening and they have like a wedding, right? And they have to be quiet. Mm -hmm. So I love to use like the terminology quiet and loud and getting that into their head that we're going to be quiet and loud. And a lot of it may be these games that we play with them. Um, And that's about keeping it light, right? That I know that in the situations that you're having at dinner time, this is a, it's a hard time because you're just so overstimulated. I've been there, but I'm talking about just generally throughout the day. Like we're going to try practicing being very quiet and you can even try that at dinner, like see if those games help. They may not want to do it and then you can't force it, right? Like you can't be like, come on, right. come on, but try to see if we can say, Hey, the key here is to keep it very light. So there's a difference between saying, okay, everyone, everyone's being really loud right now. And mommy can't think versus, Hey, I feel like everyone's really excited. Let's play a game. Who can stay quiet the longest, right? So you see the difference that both of them, we want our kids to be quiet, right? One of them Mm -hmm. is coming from a place of I'm frustrated and you all are really annoying me, which let's be honest, innately that or deep down, that could be the reason why you want them to be quiet. When we make it known that that's the reason to them, it doesn't feel good, number one, which I would feel the same way if someone's telling me to quiet down, like, oh, shoot. But also adding lightness to it makes it feel less stressful for them. Like, oh, okay. Oh yeah. I'm very loud. And we're like, we're going to play a game. We're going to be really, really quiet right now. So trying to keep that lightheartedness. And that's why it goes back to really, really recognizing those triggers, right? Episode 132, like the overstimulation that I have been there where I think the last time this happened for me, again, I only have one kid and it is loud. And then the dog starts barking and you're just like, oh my gosh, like everyone just needs to stop stimulating my brain. And I've been there where, and also I had a phase and I'm not sure if your two-year-olds or even your five-year-old does this, where every time I'm trying to talk, to my husband, that's when they get louder, right? I don't know. Do you get that often or um, is that just, it just varies. It's always loud. Um, I guess I've never really thought about it, but I'm sure it's it's just always loud and I'm sure it does, but yes. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with factors, no prep, no mess meals. Chef crafted meals with options like calorie smart, protein plus, and keto. Factors fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from each week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May 
gourmet with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust. I absolutely love the spicy jalapeno, lime cheddar chicken, and mushroom chicken thighs with wild rice. Keep kitchen time to a minimum with Factor Meals because they're ready in two minutes, no shopping, prepping, cooking, or cleanup. I work from home and love the convenience and how delicious Factor Meals are. Head to factormeals.com slash pedsdoctalk50 and use code pedsdoctalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code pedsdoctalk50 at factormeals.com slash pedsdoctalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with non-toxic medical-grade ingredients. Active Skin Repair can be used to treat a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, diaper rashes, and other types of skin damage. I discovered Active Skin Repair and their baby spray from my community when our daughter was a newborn and had constant diaper rashes, and it really helped and continues to help. Containing hypochlorous acid, which is an effective option for helping with yeast diaper rashes, we just spray or dab active skin repair onto the skin with a clean cloth or cotton ball let's sit for 15 seconds and then apply our balm or ointment of choice with over 500,000 happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and to get 20% off your order using code pedsdoc that's p-e-d-s-d-o-c and that, so when that happens, you know, with three children, it can be a little more difficult, but um, if it's something important that you have to speak to your husband about right then and there, right? Like it's something that, Hey, we, there's an emergency or something like that. Then maybe you're going to have to pull yourself and, you know, kind of say it or, and again, get close to your husband, lower your volume and model that lowering of the volume, right? Because what happens it, just by human nature, you may want to yell at your husband to get the point across because your children are yelling, but then now you've just modeled to your kids that I'm just going to yell over you. So versus I'm going to get, you know, you're just going to get really quiet. You have to, you might have to get close to your husband and whisper in his ear just so he can hear you. Um, but that's kind of what I've had to learn to do sometimes when it's just extremely loud or just tell my husband, Hey, you know, I want to talk about this really important thing, but right now it's just a lot of noise and I can't hear you. We'll just talk about it later. And it really is the tone of voice that you're speaking because our kids are extremely observant. And I knew this before having a son, but I see it so much that if I'm yelling at my husband to because I can't hear, then of course, then Ryan will see that and be like, oh, okay, so let's just all yell to get our point across, right? Versus getting really quiet. He's seeing me get very close to my husband to say something into his ear um, can be helpful. And if it is that you're getting interrupted by one, two, or three of your kids, it's really just putting your hand on them gently, right? Like showing them that you care about them and are connecting and say, hey, um, I'm going to use Ryan because that's my son's name. Hey, Ryan, I think you want to tell mommy something, but right now mommy is talking to daddy and I can see that you really want to talk to me too and that you don't like when mommy's talking to daddy and not talking to you because my son gets a little bit FOMO when I'm speaking to my husband and he's not in the conversation. So that is when his volume starts to rise even more. So if that scenario is happening, maybe for you or any of our listeners, really try to stop the conversation with the adult in the room and recognize the child and say to them, Hey, I see what you're doing. So that is what they're looking for. They're looking for acknowledgement. They're looking for connection. They're looking for to be seen. And if you just give them that moment, 
with time, they're going to start to realize, okay, mommy is talking to daddy. I got to just figure that out and wait. Um, And it's not going to be an instantaneous thing all the time, but it's taken a lot of repetition for us to get here where now if I'm talking to my husband, I can turn to Ryan and say what I just said so that he gets it, that I will be with him. I'm not going away. We obviously love him, but mommy and daddy are also having a conversation. And I'm going to be honest, that is my frustrating aspect of this is that literally I'm like, can I ever have a conversation with another adult now that I'm a mom? Like, is that ever going to happen again? It makes sense. A lot of sense. It makes a lot of times things too, for us, it happens in the car and I'm like, I can't hear and there's nowhere to go. Oh, I love this example. And, um, but yes, you've been there where it's just literally like, you feel like triggered by that big tantrum or those big feelings. And then when you're in a car, you have nowhere to go. Like you said, you feel like you know, if you're in a house, maybe you can go to the bathroom or step away if your partner is there or go upstairs, but in a car, you have nowhere to escape. So some things that really help in that situation is controlling what you can control. So that means if the music is on loud, that may mean turning down that because you may not be able to control your children's volume. Like you can't shut them up, right? You can't like turn the like a remote on them. So at least turning off any stimulation that you can control. So if it's the music, turning down the music, if it's your volume, really recognizing that the only way that we're going to really be able to bring some calmness is for us to be calm as well. And that goes against everything, like I said, that we'd want to do because when people are yelling or upset, it feels like you want to speak louder, but that means really either just telling your, if you just say you're driving with your husband, really just saying, okay, we're going to continue this conversation later. I'm just going to sit right here and just take some deep breaths. And if it's you alone, like just say you're driving and you have all three children in the back seat, it's about really either turning down the music if that's uh, triggering or on a flip side, turning up the music and just singing along with the music in a very joyous way, not an angry way. I'm talking like a, let's just have some fun going back to the bringing some lightness into the situation, right? So if they're getting really loud and triggering to you, sometimes I use the music as a way of helping me cope with that loudness because you can't tell them to stop talking. You have no control over what they're doing, right? You don't want to get mad. You don't want to yell. But sometimes the music is like that buffer of, okay, let's just sing a song together until you get home. And music has a way, if you like a song, of making you feel like more lighthearted and again, just taking out a lot of that stress from the situation. Because the bottom line of all of this is trying to reduce our desire to react, our desire to yell, our desire to get so angry in the situation because of how stimulating it is and trying to bring that energy level down. Um, And that may be with their music, that may be through just being very quiet and verbalizing with your children and just say they are having a tantrum in the car. Um, Ryan, I see that you're really upset right now. Mommy's driving. I can't pick up your toy but I love you. That's it. Like sometimes it means that and they continue to cry. It doesn't mean that they're going to stop crying, but they continue to cry and cry. And then you can pause a little bit, just not talk, say it again after a few minutes. I know you're upset. Mommy's driving. We're almost home. I love you very much because, you know, some parents will stop the car, all of that, but no, like we don't want to teach them that this is such a big, no, we're going to get home. You're totally safe. Like, obviously, you're looking if they are safe, which I'm sure they are. And then you're just going to get to your destination. When they get to the destination, you can handle the tantrum when you get there. But this has taken a lot of really in that moment, like I said earlier, telling yourself, okay, right now I'm in a situation where my child is yelling in the car. What am I going to do about it? I have to really accept the reality, like I said earlier, that this is what it is. My child is yelling in the car and I have two ways of controlling it now. I can either get upset with him 
Or I can be the calm and say, okay, you're upset. I can't control anything right now because I'm driving a car, but we are going to get through this. Maybe it's music. Maybe we turn it on to just add some energy. Maybe that music is making me more stimulated and it's not helping me right now. And so I'll turn it off and just sit in silence in my brain, obviously, while that kid is yelling. And that is like the true test of getting to a level of like tolerating this when you're able to just sit in a quiet car while your child's yelling and say, I'm going to get home. I got to get home safe. I'm going to drive this car. We're going to get home. We're going to get out. We're going to stretch our legs. We're going to give a big hug. You know, if they're having a meltdown, just show some physical connection. And it really can help sort of get through these moments because I know I gave some tips on kind of lowering the volume, you know, playing some games. But another aspect of that is really just sort of how are we going to cope with this overall feeling of overwhelm, which is a hard reality for I think so many people who are tuning in and for me and you as well. As a pediatrician, mom, and podcaster, I want to share with you a podcast I recently discovered. It's called Understood Explains, and this season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Artube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. The latest season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. I listened to an episode called The Difference Between IEPs and 504 Plans, and I learned so much that I honestly didn't know before. I now feel I can better explain these to my patients and their families and better support them in their neurodiversity journey. Navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences can be confusing, and this podcast helps to validate these struggles and provide actionable tips that are useful for parents, teachers, and clinicians. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood explains in your podcast app. That's understood explains. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. Yeah, I would agree. And the music makes sense. It does. Yeah. Um, a lot of times here at school, when I teach my kids, I will sing my directions. And when mm-hmm. they're in that thing, we'll just kind of sing to them and it does. So remembering to actually just take that home with me too to my own kids, it would be good. Absolutely. And, you know, I have done an episode about verbalization before, but I cannot express how much verbalizing and again, sing songy voices when you're stressed. It sounds, if you see someone do it from the outside, you'd be like, why are they singing? Like what's going on? But it's a very 
calming thing. Like I remember when, like, you know, those, even like when Ryan was colicky, when he was an infant, um, you know, had those episodes, I would just start to really sing to myself or talk to myself. Right. And also he's a baby at that point. He doesn't really understand what I'm saying, but I do believe that by talking it out in a calm tone, like really just saying, I see you're really upset. Oh, everyone's really loud right now. Everyone's really excited. Uh, why are we having so much energy today? Right. Like in a very non-sarcastic way, just verbalizing what you're seeing, right? So just say at the dinner table, all your kids are going back to that example. All your kids are active saying, wow, all of you are so excited today. Why is everyone so excited? Like engaging them in the experience of why am I so stimulated right now? Right. And your five-year-old will probably be able to talk to you about that. Your two-year-olds, depending on their language skills, but really just sort of acknowledging the loudness and interacting with them because Mm -hmm. sometimes they do these things. It's not a tantrum, like the yelling at the dinner table and being like laughing. They're just having fun. And when they realize that, oh yeah, mommy has my attention here and she's engaging with me, you may see that it starts to kind of calm down because now you have the control a little bit over the conversation, right? Like you are engaging in them and saying, oh, wow, this is a really, everyone's just so excited. What do I need to know? Like asking your five-year-old, like, why are you so excited today? What did you do at school? Like you must've had a really fun day today. Um, And it may mean singing. It may mean being extra animated in a fun way, but as a fellow animated person, it really takes that knowledge of saying, okay, how am I going to choose to respond in this situation? And it's a split second thing. And sometimes we're not going to do that what we want to do, right? Sometimes we right. will raise our voice. Let's be completely honest here. Sometimes we are going to bring the volume up when in reality, we should probably bring the volume down. We are human. That is okay. But it's really looking at that overall big picture of, okay, how am I going to lower this volume in my house? How am I going to bring this sort of calm energy? Um, and it might mean, you know, if you guys listen to music at the dinner table, switching the music out. Like when we listen to classical music at dinner and I can't, and as someone who understands music, I can't stress enough how much it's helped us at dinner time. Initially, Ryan would say, I want to listen to my music. Right. And we say, Ryan, we're listening to mommy and daddy's music today. Later in the morning, we can listen to your music. Right. But it really helps because that music just as a whole vibe really calms us down, especially me being the loud one. Um, and also keeps the energy light and keeps the energy calm at dinner time. So just some strategies to try. Um, and it really just depends on what you and your partner want, obviously the nature of the, you know, your kids and what they want, but I think these strategies can really help. Oh, I would agree. I mean, I would love to bring that music to the dinner table. I've never even thought about that or just even turning it on when the noise is too much for some background noise. Yeah. And also, like I said, not only can it just help the environment that's happening with the loudness, but it's really more, a lot of the things we do as parents we're doing to help ourselves. Like, I don't think we realize so much of what we do is so that we can stay calm and composed. Like I've realized that as someone who is, like I said, the more loud one, the one who tends to be more, what are we doing? Like, why are you doing, you know, I've really learned that by doing this, all the things that I'm telling you in this episode and this conversation, it really has helped to bring down that sort of that energy where it's okay to be loud. It's okay at some points that we're going to have this excitement, but we're trying to figure out this way of teaching them when is it okay to be really loud and really quiet. And going back to using quiet and loud terminology versus inside outside voices is one thing that I think can just really help when we are trying to teach them in certain situations, right? Like, and we have to also respect the fact that 
for your age of your children. It's not an overnight thing that we're going to teach them that we're supposed to be quiet in libraries, you know, like giving an example um, that we're supposed to be quiet in certain situations. But it's really about when that's happening, like if we're trying to teach our children about being quiet in the library, as an example, right before we get into the library, right, like in the car explaining to them that we're going to go to a library and everyone's going to be really quiet so that they can read and relax. So why don't we get really excited right now before, like you're playing a game, right? Let's get really loud on purpose. Let's get really, really excited, really loud. And then when we get into the library, I want to see who can stay quiet the longest, right? So again, trying to encourage that. And when they do, when they just say they are quiet in the library, And if they don't, we don't want to be negative reinforcement, but just say they are quiet. We want to really celebrate that. Hey, Ryan, I saw that you were really quiet today in the library. Thank you so much for being quiet. So again, going back to the positive reinforcement, because it is about teaching children boundaries, right? Because we have to teach them that sometimes we're not supposed to be yelling. Sometimes we're not supposed to be quiet, right? That there are situations that you can be loud and quiet. And these are just some strategies adding in that example of going to the library that I think can help as well. Yes. And I've tried to do, and I wish I could give proper credit, but I don't know where exactly I saw it. But someone had was on their some Instagram account about you listen outside, you stop and you listen. And we try to match our voices to what we hear. And so we've tried to do that But it's like my kids know that, oh, it's really quiet. And then as soon as we get in the door, all chaos goes bruised and we're loud. Yeah, it's definitely. And it's also, again, all of these strategies are not a perfect science, right? It's all just kind of trying some different things, right? And also Mm -hmm. the temperament of your kid really matters. You have twins, but one twin could be like, oh, let me listen and let me play this game. And another kid's like, I don't care. Like, I don't have any, this doesn't really (laughs) affect me, but it is about knowing those strategies. I wonder if it was busy toddler. It It could have been, it it could have been, I follow her. And then I follow somebody else too. um, Kristen Russell, I think her name is. And so one of those two, I just both really good accounts, but I'm like, I wish I could give this and I try, but Yeah, it's so hard. And in the end of the day, remember that it's really just about figuring out what works for the situation you're in, right? Like that may work for if it's a one-on-one situation with one child, but just say you have three kids in tow. Like it's it really, again, all these tips that we hear on this podcast, on social media, everything is all about, okay, this sounds like it's something I could implement. Like I always tell parents, like, I think it's so important to listen to everything I talk about on this podcast, but I don't want you to think that you do anything you hear in a course or a podcast episode or a social media. And this is going to be the fix all end all, because then when it doesn't work, we feel bad. We feel like, well, what's wrong with my kid? What's wrong with me? When that's actually not the case, it's literally situation. Maybe there was a different stimulus there. Like there's so many variables Mm -hmm. to parenting, right? There's so many variables to a situation. So it's really about, like I said, I love sharing these tips because maybe these tips are things that you may not have heard of, or you have heard of. And you're like, oh yeah, maybe in a different way. Or maybe people listening are like, oh yeah, I never even thought about that. Um, And I'm sure I'll hear other tips about what we're talking about and be like, oh, that makes sense. Or no, that won't work for us. You know? And then that's what I love Mm -hmm. about parenting. I mean, I know it's so rough in terms of the overstimulation. I know it's a lot of work, but I kind of look at it. And I think this helps as a mindset thing overall. And also for what we're talking about to kind of tell ourselves, I'm really just doing my best right now in this moment. I am going to handle this and I am going to really celebrate when I handled it differently than I did in the past. Like just say there's a day where normally you would yell in a car if your children are loud. Right. And then one day that day you are super calm. I want you to really celebrate yourself and say, oh my gosh, like I did that today. Like today, when you go to bed, like you're going to say, wow, like my kids were really stimulating me. 
And normally I tend to get very upset, but today I actually somehow was very calm. I somehow just got through it and I'm really proud of myself. And sometimes we forget to celebrate the things that we do like that as parents, but it really can help us so that we understand that this is a growing situation for us too. Nothing is perfect and we're just doing our best. And lastly, that we can't control everything our children will do. You know, I think as parents, we feel like, okay, if I do this, then my kid's going to be always quiet, well-behaved. You know, they're children. They're meant to test their boundaries. They're meant to figure out where am I supposed to do things? Where am I not supposed to do things? And it's us who has to teach them those things, right? And it can be a very daunting task, but when you start to look at it as, okay, this is an opportunity to teach my kid. We're going to figure it out. It's not going to be perfect. It's going to be a little messy and that is okay. That is where I feel like we can let go so much of that stress of it has to be the certain way. My kid's not paying attention. It's all me. I'm not setting good boundaries. Um, it's really just more about, okay, I got this. We're going to do this together. I agree. And I think a lot for me too, when we go out and that's where I think it triggers me the most is when we're in the store, we're in a restaurant or we're somewhere yes. and it's like, can you just sit down and be quiet, please? Like everybody around yeah. us doesn't want to hear this. And yeah, so I would definitely agree. And using, yeah, using restaurants as a final example, um, we're in Florida, so it's very easy for us to do this, which I know is not the case wherever, if you're not located in a warm climate, we tend to like to always sit outside if there's heat lamps in a colder climate, or if it's, you know, obviously Florida where it's not so cold at all, um, because it just disperses the noise a little bit more because of course kids are loud. And if you're inside, you know, it's really hard to go solo with three children, you know, um, but you, <laughs> yeah. you know, if you are, if you have a partner utilizing, it ends up being utilizing one of the partners. Like if we've been there where either me or my husband will take the kids out who are having a harder time, just say they're having a tantrum. Um, this happened actually a week ago. We went to dinner and Ryan has actually gotten really good at restaurants, like indoor restaurants, outdoor doesn't matter. But for some reason, he was having the worst day he's ever had in terms of emotional regulation, where every strategy that we normally use was just not working. And I later found out that he was unwell, like he had a runny nose and he had a low grade mm -hmm. fever. But at that point, I didn't know that. Right. So in my head, me and my husband looked at each other and we felt like, what is going on? What's wrong? Like, what's wrong with us? Like, we can't even control the situation. And then my husband said it perfectly. He's like, he's a kid. I mean, what can we do? We got to figure right. this out and move through the situation. So we would take turns. He would take him outside so I could eat. We were with a family, like a extended family. And so then, and then he would come back. I would take him out or my mother-in-law took him out um, so that everyone could finish eating. And it wasn't the ideal situation for a meal where everyone was eating and happy and that's okay, but it happens, right? We can't, again, right. I couldn't control how he would act in a restaurant. Would he be quiet? Would he be listening to everything? Would he not throw the plate? You know, like all of these things where it never happens, but it happened. And I'm like, wow. Um, so it's really important. I like to have these conversations on this podcast to talk about the issues that we just discussed, but also just kind of remind everyone, including yourself and myself, even sometimes that we're all just getting through this. We're all just trying our best. We listen to the strategies. We implement them. The goal here is to try to implement them, but don't feel like you're a failure or that your kid's not doing what they're supposed to do, whatever, if it doesn't work, you know? So I do think that this stuff, all the other knowledge that you have can really help these situations to approach these loudness that we all feel triggered by because I've been there. Thank you. Yeah. Well, Christina, I hope this was helpful. Um, any other follow-up question that you have? 
No, I think I'm just excited to remember to bring some of this back and just that calmness in myself, which I know I'm not a very calm person. So trying to break on myself will yeah. go a long way with my kids. Yes. And again, I love chatting with moms about this when we can really connect about what you just mentioned, like the self-insight. Um, I am a very self-insight type person, as people know, if you're following me on my podcast, but also on my course and everything like that. I think it's just so important to really step back and think, is it the situation? Or, and is it me, right? Like meaning, Mm -hmm. is it how I'm responding? Because I always say like, I see some moms in my office who have six children who are literally cool as a cucumber when their children are raising their voices. And I'm like, so it's all about how we approach situations. A lot of the times, yes, environment matters too, but it's really about saying, okay, well, I'm in control of me and only me. I would love yeah. to control everyone around me. I would love if my children listened to everything I say, um, was quiet when I wanted them to be quiet, but we can't do that. So I love that you are looking inside yourself because as a fellow recovering loud person, um, <laughs> and I don't think there's anything wrong with being loud. Let's, like, let's be honest here. It's really like, I feel like very high energy, but yeah, certain times I don't need to be loud. Like I recognize that certain times I need to bring down my volume. Um, and it's really important that you have that self insight. So I love that. I love that we got that breakthrough today and just really enjoy talking to you. You too. Thank you. I'm sure you can relate to the conversation that me and Christina had because we've all been there. Our children get really loud and all we want is some peace. I mean, I think me and my husband had the same conversation just a few days before I recorded this episode, but it just happens a lot, right? And it just seems to happen when you just need the quiet the most. And reflecting back a little bit before I wrap up with some principles, we have to understand that a lot of our triggers have to do with things that are happening in our day. Like, for example, if you had the most amazing day ever, like everything was smooth, you rested, you ate meals at a table, everything was great at your job. If you work, everything just went smoothly. You're going to have more space for noise, for stimulation, for all of that. But when you're so bogged down and your cup is full, just one extra drop, one noise, one overstimulation is just going to set you off, right? So you have to understand what brought you to that point. What brought you to the point where now you are irritated by your child or children being very loud? So first recognizing that, and you heard me talk with Christina, that takes a lot of insight to understand, okay, what is going on here? Why am I so irritated? Is this a constant where I'm constantly feeling irritated by noise? What do I need to do to make more space to tolerate my reality? Do I need to delegate more? Do I need to cut back on certain things that I keep saying yes to. This is a whole big picture thing. And it's why I do my Finding Joy episodes on this podcast. It's why I do so much in terms of discussing all the different aspects of parenting besides how we just parent our children. It's how we approach parenting that really matters. So when we look at the principles that I want to tie in for this episode, I already mentioned the number one, which I think is really important. And I am a loudspeaker. And it's kind of what I have to do because I speak a lot in public speaking and I do a podcast, so I can't whisper too much, but really modeling the behavior that you want. So to clarify, this is not only in situations where they're dysregulated or really loud, but it's also just on a daily. Are you filling your home with very loud volume? Do you speak very softly? What is the MO in the home? I love that I'm a loud talker. It makes me feel joyous. I don't know. I just love it. But at sometimes I have to realize that, okay, I don't need to be loud and animated all the time. And maybe I need to bring the volume down. I mentioned to Christina, like when I'm talking to my husband, I don't need to yell in volume. I can softly speak what I need to be spoken, right? So it's really recognizing that and modeling the volume 
on a regular basis that you want. It's okay to get loud on purpose. That brings me to principle number two, keeping it playful and making it a game, right? Recognizing that they are very excited and saying, wow, you seem really excited today. Tell me more, you know, making it fun, playing whisper games, getting loud on purpose. So, you know, you can practice just whispering and getting really, really soft and saying, okay, we're going to get really, really quiet. And then when mommy says go, I count three, we're going to all scream. And you go one, two, three, and and then you scream. The reason why this can be very helpful is that it shows the child that you are calm, cool, and collected. And it also allows the child to hear opportunities for being loud. If a child keeps hearing, you can't speak loud. You can't speak loud. Be quiet. Be quiet. That's kind of a drag, right? It's okay sometimes to be loud. So when the caregiver is giving them opportunity, right? You are giving opportunities for yeses. You are giving and showing them, okay, We are going to do this on purpose. And they're going to be like, what? And when you start to do this, they're going to feel like, okay, well, I don't really need to be doing this on a regular basis. We already do it on purpose. I've kind of filled my cup with all the loudness. They still can be loud just by nature, but that goes back to that modeling, right? You model the calm, cool, collected voice as much as possible, and then you get loud on purpose. You make it a game. You see who is going to be the first one to not be quiet. And that brings me to reverse psychology. I love reverse psychology and parenting. And it's kind of interesting because, you know, me and my husband do use it from time to time with Ryan. And it's, it can sound something like this, especially for this example. Oh, Ryan, you are not going to be quiet the longest, are you? It's going to be mommy. And so you really just try to say the opposite of what you're intending them to do. And kids like that game. Obviously, you're using it in very fun situations and very lighthearted situations. But reverse psychology can also add some lightheartedness to you. I explained this with Christina that so much of what we do in parenting is really our self-regulation and singing to yourself talking to yourself, reverse psychology can all give you that opportunity to kind of stay calm, not get really upset in these situations. Because when your children are loud, one of the last things we want to do is be loud over them, right? Yelling, stop yelling, stop yelling, because that's not modeling what we want, right? If we're trying to teach our child, okay, I want you to be quiet and we're yelling, that's the opposite of what we're trying to teach them. So really trying to remember that they mimic us, really trying to remember that keep it playful in parenting. And sometimes you may need to use a little bit of reverse psychology. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I'm so excited to be back to Monday morning episodes. As I mentioned already, if you want to be on the podcast as a parent, or you just have a question for me that you don't want to necessarily come on, but you have a question, make sure to sign up for my newsletter because that is how you can submit questions. We send out emails every few months when we're looking for guests, and that is how you can submit on the form so that we can have these amazing conversations. If you love this episode, make sure to leave a review. This is how more people continue to find the podcast. 2022 was our best year yet, and I know 2023 is going to be even better, but I need your help. So write those reviews, tell a friend. It means so much to me. I can't tell you how much it means. I cannot wait to talk to another parent next week and have a great week ahead. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) 
Well, you're aiming more of a, we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, Mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts.